Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Verse 42, from the lips of our loving Savior, he says, when he judges, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice that our loving Savior is talking about certain destruction and he's talking about hell. Can I tell you something just briefly? Hell is a real place. Hell is hot. Hell is painful. Hell is Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And while in hell, people know that they're in hell because there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're experiencing pain. Jesus is talking about certain destruction of hell. He is not talking about annihilation. He's talking about hell as a real place. It was Ernest Hemingway who said, life is just a dirty trick. A short journey from nothingness to nothingness. Wrong, Ernie. It's not from nothingness to nothingness. Hell is a real place where there's real suffering, where there's real pain, and it is forever and ever and ever and ever. One person once said, and I read this a while ago, they said the one word that that everyone will know in hell is the word forever. Hell is forever. And Jesus is talking about hell. Oh, Jesus never talked about hell. Oh, yeah, he did. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about hell more than you know it, any other preacher in history. And nowadays, when's the last time you heard a sermon about hell? You know, I need to do a sermon on just designated. What is hell? Talk about hell. I bet your attendance will certainly be low. If I, if, I, if I tell you up front, I won't even tell you, but next week we'll talk about hell. But I won't even, you know, folk won't come to church. It'd be me and Elvira in here. I'd be like, honey, sit there for three services. Let me tell you, let me tell you about hell. Because my wife's going to be with me no matter what. I'll be preaching about anything. She'd be like, that's right, honey, you preach. She'd be like, you're all right. I go, I know. <laughs> Hell's a real place. And Jesus teaches hell and nobody else does. But then notice the radical change in tone. Verse 42 is talking about hell, but then notice in verse 43, Notice the peaceful tone after talking about hell. Gather the wheat into the barn. The righteous go into the kingdom. The parable of the wheat and the tare simply says that Satan has counterfeits and he plants false Christians. But there is not our responsibility to do the separating. God will take care of that. Our second parable we want to look at today is the parable of the mustard seed. Look with me again in verse 31. And another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. 
which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Notice our second point, not only false Christians, but Satan plants, Satan shows and encourages false growth. Notice here, Jesus says the kingdom is like a mustard seed that becomes a great tree and the birds of the air lodge in it. Now, this parable, you look in the Gospel of Matthew here, look in Mark and also in Luke, and the same parable is told, but it's interesting, Jesus doesn't give the interpretation of it. Isn't that interesting? And the disciples didn't ask like they did in the last parable. Now, I wish they would have asked because we really don't have the interpretation. When I get to heaven, that's what the first thing I'm going to say, Lord, what was up with this mustard seed parable deal? Because he never told us. But although Jesus never tells us exactly what it means, there are certain things that we do know it does not mean. There are many, many scholars and many people who say that this parable, now listen, listen close. This parable, they say, shows the kingdom or the church starts small and then grows beautifully. And then the birds of the air, people, come and lodge within the church. Can I submit to you that I, I, I can't accept that interpretation mainly for two reasons. First of all, you got to understand something. Stay with me. Mustard seeds do not become trees. Mustard seeds are not trees. They become a bush. Mustard seeds will grow as a bush, maybe up to 12 feet tall maximum, but they don't take on, and, and, and people who study trees and, and science and horticulture, they will tell you mustard seeds do not become trees, number one. We know that. And then we also know that the birds of the air, as you follow through scripture, would you please listen? Birds of the air never, ever represent that which is good. The birds of the air always speak of that which is evil. Remember the sower and the seed? We looked at it last week. The seeds were planted by the sower and the birds of the air, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, came and snatched up the seed. So as you follow through scripture, the constancy of scripture, as you see the birds of the air, they don't represent good. It always represents that which is evil. And so what Jesus is teaching here, what I believe Jesus is teaching here and talking about is abnormal and unnatural false growth. He's talking about a mustard seed that grows from small, but then it grows abnormally and the birds of the air lodge in it. Now, one commentator said that the birds of the air in this text represent denominations. And so there's a Baptist bird, and there's a Presbyterian bird, and there's a Methodist bird, and there's a Catholic bird, and a Pentecostal bird. It's all kind of birds. They represent denominations. Listen, the birds 
in the parables, as I previously said, speak of evil. The trees represent the false church which produces false growth. This is the church that claims to be Christian. And we know, would you hear what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be disrespectful. My comments forthcoming are not trying to be disrespectful and hurtful and insulting. But can I tell you that much of that which is done in the name of Christianity is not Christian at all. And many of those that claim to be Christians within various denominations are not Christian at all. We have the Church of the Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, the Mormon Church, which claims to be Christian. We have the Jehovah's Witness Church that claims to be Christian. There are many branches of Roman Catholicism that is in gross idolatry and worshiping statutes and praying to saints, and they claim to be Christian. We have Christian science, which is neither Christian nor scientific, but they claim to be Christians. We have the Seventh-day Adventists and their legalism and their teaching on, get this, investigative judgment. What's that, Rodney? Investigative judgment simply says this. Everyone will stand before God and our, and our good works must outweigh our bad works. Ellen G. White has taught this among the Seventh-day Adventists. Can I tell you something? That teaching is wrong, and it denies the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is not Christian. All of these false churches and denominations and false systems. And so in short, simply this, I believe the growth of the mustard seed doesn't speak of the true church, but the professing economical or ecumenical, pardon me, church that becomes a worldwide power with complex organizations and many branches and it's losing its simplicity. The parable simply shows that the church in the beginning, don't you remember, it started in Acts chapter 2. It was 120 people, 120 believers who were waiting on the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter, 20, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they were born again and the church was born into existence. Something that was very small and very humble and very simple is now the abnormal professing church with material possession and political power and the birds of the air lodge in it and it's death. And what was a move of the Holy Spirit is now unnatural and it's lost its life and its vitality. False growth in the church? Yes. False Christians in the church? Yes. Not only that, but our last and final parable. You see, the mustard seed speaks of the outward false expansion of the kingdom. And the parable of the leaven, are you taking notes? Speaks of the inward deception using false doctrine. Look at it with me, if you will, in verse 33 of chapter 13, the parable of the leaven. If you're there, verse 33, say amen. And another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. 
And all these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable, he didn't speak to them. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Notice that, the parable of the leaven. What we have here, give me your attention, what we have here is a woman who is making some bread, and she puts leaven in the bread. Now, leaven in the Bible, 98 times it's used. You want to hear something fascinating? Every time it's used, it's always used in connection with, go ahead, say it, sin. Yeah, you guessed it. Evil. Leaven is a picture. Leaven is a symbol. Leaven speaks of sin. 98 times in the Bible. And one of the devil's devices in opposing God's kingdom is to introduce or hide false teaching and false doctrine in the church. You know, the Bible says this here. Did you remember? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know. You're a Christian? You're born again? You're not ignorant. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you. We don't have to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Here's one of Satan's devices. He likes to, he loves Satan, loves, Satan loves false teaching. Did you know that? Satan loved, you go, well, Rodney, how come all these churches are so big? And I'm not saying if you're a big church and you're false teaching, because we're a fairly good-sized church for the South, and, and we teach the Word. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that Satan loves false teaching, and he loves false doctrine. Satan takes a lot of truth and adds a little lie. False teaching. Don't you remember? Nothing new under the sun. Genesis Satan said, has God really said? Satan's always challenging God's word, always. Has God really said? Listen, that little bit of false teaching has turned into today, or that lie has grown into, is the Bible really the word of God? That's what we hear today. Is the Bible really the word of God? I mean, did God really say that? I mean, you know, I think we need to keep searching for the historical Jesus. <laughs> You're killing me. What, what, what? We know who Jesus is. We don't need to search for him. He's sitting in heaven at the right hand of God making intercession and he's coming back. We don't need to search for the Jesus. But this is the lie. Uh, you, uh, you understand? Say amen or something. Uh, you, you know, I'm trying not to get excited, y'all. <laughs> but this is the lie. Satan loves false teaching. And people today deny the inerrancy and the inspiration of the word of God. Isn't that true? People deny it. Satan denies the inerrancy and the, 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 the infallibility of the word of God. Satan denies the Trinity, something that the, the church has always taught and something that the Bible clearly teaches. 
There's one God, the Trinity. There is one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God triune in nature. And Satan denies the Trinity. Satan denies the virgin birth. Satan denies the humanity of Christ. Satan denies the divinity of Christ. Satan says, hey, he wasn't born of a virgin. He wasn't born of a virgin. He wasn't the God-man. Satan denies the cross. Satan denies the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the grave. Listen and listen close. The Bible teaches, short and sweet and simple, the Bible teaches Jesus was not only born of a virgin and that God was manifested in the flesh, but that Jesus died on the cross for our sins as a substitute in our place. And three days after he was buried, he physically, bodily rose again from the grave. And may I submit to you, if you don't believe that and you deny that, then you in all love, listen, in all love and truthfulness, in all love, if you don't believe those very simple tenets of the Christian faith and doctrine, you are not saved and you don't have Christianity. You might have churchianity and you might have a social club, but you don't have Christianity. And we can't negotiate on these terms. These are things that are unmovable, unshakable, immutable facts that you must believe in order to be a Christian. And what is happening in the church today, many great denominations are denying God's word. Listen, don't ever, ever, ever. Listen, you guys, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. Listen, don't ever, 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 ever forget that the Bible is our authority. Could you say amen? amen? God's word is our authority. The authority is not the church. The authority is not the pope. The authority is not church dogma or tradition or intellect or experience. It's the word of God for everything we believe and everything we do. And when you reject or question or change the word, you're in trouble. Satan introduces false doctrine in the church. False Christians and false growth. Now what are we to do? How are we to respond? Get your pen. Four things really quick. How are we to respond? What are we to do? Number one, simple as this. Wake up. Wake up. Did you notice in verse 25, when, audience participation here, when did the enemy sow the tares among the wheat? Thank you. Wake up. The Bible says we're to be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walks as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And when you go to sleep spiritually, you are in danger. Number one, what are we to do? Wake up. Number two, be discerning. Put on your discernment hat. Discernment comes from the word of God. I guess if you don't know the word of God, I guess that's why you can't be discerning. If it's new, you've heard me say it. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. I get this stuff in the mail. 
You know, they sent me this stuff on really nice paper. They spent like a lot of money on, you know, God has given me a revelation. And God's given me something new that I need to share with the church. And God has given it only to me now. And if, you know, I, if you would just have me come to your church, I'll share this new revelation with you and your church. Can I come to your church, Pastor Rodney? No. There you go. Point number three. No. Okay. <laughs> Look, if it's no, it's not true. And if it's no, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. God is not giving new revelation. He's given us his word. And we need to be discerning and use the word of God. First John chapter four, verse one, it says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Can I tell you something? Just because something is scriptural does not make it biblical. Just because it's scriptural doesn't make it biblical. In other words, just because you can find it in the Bible doesn't mean it's supposed to be the practice among us believers. We can find many things in the Bible are just wrong. So the Bible tells us these things so that we know not to do wrong. It's scriptural. People go, oh, it's in the Bible. Oh, Pastor Rodney, he's preaching the Bible. He's preaching from the Bible. Yeah, but is what he's saying biblical? Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean that we need to practice it. Do you understand that? That's huge. Because people go, see, 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 right here. Judas hung himself. See, right here. Go do ye likewise. (laughs) It's scriptural. Well, Pastor, he preached from the Bible. You just don't know. It's scriptural, but it ain't biblical. Be discerning. Wake up. Point number three, preach the word. Preach the word. This is not just for the pastor. This is for everyone, saints. Second Timothy chapter four, verse two. Preach the word of God. Be persistent. This is a New Living Translation. Be persistent. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to right teaching, saints. We are living in that time. We are living in the Laodicean lukewarm church. We're living in the last days apostasy where people want their ears tickled. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear about hell. They don't want to hear about repentance. They don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to be told that they're prideful. We are living in a time in which people don't want their ears tickled. Just tell them what they want to hear and they leave church happy. People want their, they want to leave church with red ears. Ooh, Pastor Rodney, that sermon was so wonderful. Oh, it was so beautiful. Oh, the flowers are pretty. The skies are blue. Oh, we just love each other. Can't we just love each other? Let's all study our navel and see how nice it is and Just tell me anything, but don't tell me the truth. This is the world in which we live. This is the church today. Tickle their ears. They don't want doctrine. Sermonettes for Christianettes given by preacherettes. And last but certainly not least, what are we to do? You're to examine your life and determine, 
Are you a tear or are you a wheat? Are you a tear or are you a wheat? Are you born again? Are you a tear planted by the enemy? Again, if you come to church every Sunday, it is possible to go to church and not become and not be born again. You could come to church every Sunday and not know Jesus in your life and in your heart. And may I say to you, and again, I say this in love. I'm saying some very tough things today. I really I understand that and appreciate your patience. I appreciate your pay. I appreciate the love. I feel the love coming from y'all here. All right. I appreciate the love. But can I say to you in love? That if you are not born again, then you are not going to heaven. And if the Lord comes back or you die and you don't know Jesus, according to the Bible, you will be gathered into bundles and thrown in hell. If you're a tear, but if you're a wheat, the Bible says he's going to gather you and put you in his barn safe and secure from all alarm, leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.